Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, listeners, before we get to your show, this is a blast from your past. Were you hanging around in the 90s watching Nickelodeon before you got too old for it and started smoking weed and doing drugs? Well, then you should know us. This is Danny Tamborelli and... And this is Michael C. Morona. We're here to ask you to check out our podcast, The Adventures of Danny and Michael. And here's our on-air producer, Jeremy, to tell us what you'll be hearing. You can hear things like... Minisodes, full episodes, nostalgia dumps, interviews with some of today's hottest comedians. That's right, Jeremy. All of those things and more. So check us out. The Adventures of Danny and Mike on the Seltzer Kings Network. Bradshaw boys, three guys watching their way through Sex and the City for the first time ever, mostly. I'm Corey Cavan. I'm Kevin James Doyle. My name is John Sieber. And man, we just tried to do that intro three or four times. It was tough. It was uh, it was a little difficult. Maybe we'll put in the outtakes. It's tough because I feel like we're still working through the fact that that we're like what you said. You had it, and then you're like, mostly. It's well, like, I, it's, it's no, from I, the beginning. But I said mostly, because we've talked about this, we are three guys that are watching this show for the first time ever, but John and I have seen a few episodes before, and... We don't want to be liars. Yeah, we don't want to be liars. We want to be truthful. You know, yeah. one of the things that makes this show really good is that these women are truthful to each other in their relationships, and then they're not, and that also causes drama. Well, they haven't... No one's lied yet. That we know of. We just know that one guy that lies to girls and then videotapes them when he's having sex with them. And Carrie is super into it. Is that episode two or one? That's not pilot episode. That's episode like two. three. They, they ease you in before they're like, here's some criminal activity <laughs> that you're supposed to find sexy. It was cool in the 90s. Um, we're, uh, we're recording two today. And so when I woke up this morning, I was like, I can't believe we get to watch two episodes today. It's the first time in history we'll ever have watched two episodes. Has, has anyone cheated? Out of the, have either of you watched any episodes? Oh, I thought you meant I was sexually. Like, like, have you cheated on your relationships? Let's get right to. Have you? Has anyone during watched, this podcast? Have either of you watched any episodes? No, outside absolutely of I not. I have not. I watched an interview with Sarah Jessica Parker today on some like I sent it to you guys on Facebook, but it was basically Sarah Jessica Parker talking about when she filmed the pilot. She and she forgot about it because she was like, I was working on tons of stuff, and then. This agent or industry person was like, I saw your pilot Sex in the City and she had forgotten about it. And she's like, I know you won't believe it now, but I totally forgot. I didn't even remember it. And then it came around and now it like defined her career. So that's here. where I got my fix this morning. I was like, <laughs> yes. And then just seeing her do an interview, I was like, I don't know. I feel like we'll probably get her on here at some point. I I feel like that's not true. I'm hopeful. I'm, I'm hopeful. hopeful. I, I'm hopeful for surprises like that. I think we could. I saw an interview with her not too long ago and I actually the other night was walking in the West Village and or somewhere in uh, New York City. I don't remember where, but we walked by someone and um, my girlfriend thought it was Charlotte. 
And she was like, oh my gosh. And I was like, what? And she was like, that's, I thought that was Charlotte. She was like, ah, I don't think it is, but it might be, but you should chase her down. And I was like, I don't have anything to say to her yet. I feel like it would be, if you chased yeah. her, or if we went and saw Sarah Jessica Parker, would be like, hey, we have this podcast. She'd be like, cool. It's not out yet. Yeah. <laughs> you you know? guys, do you guys ever see, like, think you see someone famous and then you're like 60% sure, but you just go with it and yeah. you tell your friends, dude. Yeah, I was in that. Shake Shack and I saw Brendan Fraser. It was insane. <laughs> Just round up. When I, <laughs> yeah, I saw him. Why not? When I worked in Montana, when I lived in Montana after college, I was a snowboard instructor. And one day Brendan Fraser came to our mountain and we were like the mountain that wasn't the cool snowboard mountain. Like we were near Big Sky, but we weren't Big Sky. And people were like, Brendan Fraser, Encino Man is snowboarding today here. He was like the only famous person to come to the mountain the whole time I worked there. And it was a huge deal. That's but a big deal. It was a big deal. It was I like 2000. I don't think I've told you guys this, but I hung out with Matthew Broderick for a long time. How does that relate to Brendan Fraser? Well, Matthew Broderick is married to Sarah Jessica Parker. That does relate in that way. And I had a number of cocktails also with his, Matthew Broderick. Also, his nickname is the Encino Man. <laughs> it's completely <laughs> unrelated to anything. People just call him the Encino Man. I don't know why. So you had a lot of cocktails with him? Um, it was after... Uh, how to be New Yorker opened a show that I did and we're going bowling after at the bowling alley in the Port Authority. Bullmore? No, the one in the Port the one of the Port Authority. It's just it's I a, think it's now is it Bullmore now? They I they, think they so. swanked mm -hmm. it up. Yeah. But it used to just be the Port Authority bowling alley. <laughs> and I think um what's his name? Matthew Broderick, what's his name? He he was there because it was like Broadway bowling night or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he was there watching the baseball game and then me and my buddy Caleb and James all went up next to him to just watch the end of the Yankees game. And then my friend Caleb was like, I bet you 50 bucks. I bet 50 bucks to whoever's here like that the Yankees are going to come back and win. And Matthew Broderick's like, I'll take that bet. Because they were down like five in the bottom of the eighth or something. And, and, then, and then he ended up losing the bet. And then Matthew Broderick's like, I feel really bad, but um, I'm gonna have to take your money. That was a very bad bet. <laughs> and then he good on he him. went and and then he went and got the fifty dollars, gave it to him, and he's like, "Yeah, I, f I feel bad. I'm just gonna buy you guys some cocktails." And then he just bought us drinks back. Oh, that's amazing. That's yeah. great. But no one ever acknowledged we were cool about it. But it was it was a fun hang. That's great. Um, I said earlier in our intro when I said mostly, and we had we had the the mostly controversy, which that will it will be. Known that forever on this podcast, the mostly controversy. Hashtag, hashtag mostly controversy. Should I have said that after our intro? But you've never seen an episode. And what was your thing? John and I had watched five and we mm -hmm. came I, up with that together. And then you'd never watched them. But but I gave Sex in the City walking tours. And so we needed to reach out to see if there are other people with that job. That's true. And so we did. And we got a guest for today's podcast. We are really excited about our guest today. She is a comedian. An author, and she used to give Sex and City walking tours. Uh, everybody, welcome Selena Kopic. Hello, hey. yay! I'm excited to be here. It was a Sex and City bus tour, actually. Whoa. Yeah, in the interest of yeah, full transparency, a three-hour tour on a bus. Oh, oh my goodness, those, yeah. were the, those were the big leagues. Oh yeah, I know. I mean, I didn't even realize there was a walking tour. Is, um, was it just West Village? I think we've talked about this, but we've been drunk when we have. A, so apologies. <laughs> it's, it's a pretty janky company that I don't think exists anymore. Oh, okay. Um, but but yeah, it was sort of like you would hire anyone and just show up and it'd be, you know, sometimes people that didn't even. Yeah, it was it was a it was a 
one-stop shop. It was not like an organized thing. Okay, yeah. That's how I got away with giving them without having ever seen a show. Yeah, I know, because on the Sex and City bus tour, it is pretty strict. You also have to dress up like you're supposed to. I mean, you have 55 people on a bus that and wild. multiple stops, and you got to wrangle people in and out of bars. Wow. And like, can you? Could you? There, it's us, like a hop on, hop off. Yeah. Oh wow. Could mm-hmm. you walk us through like a? A tour? Yeah, totally. Like, yeah, walk us through what, what we would do without any spoilers for us, of course. Yes, yeah. I'll give show. you the cliff notes. Um, so we, it starts in front of the Plaza Hotel, mm-hmm. um, and, and that's where you sort of assemble your people. And then a few things happen at the Plaza over the course of the whole show. But I think in season one, uh, actually, maybe you guys are going to get to this soon, but Carrie and Big have an interaction there. Okay. And then in the movies, they film some scenes there. Then you go down Fifth Ave and we sort of point out all the you know places where they go shopping because you'd play a DVD of the show on the bus wow. with clips. Really? Yeah, with clips as you're going by that the places. That could be the same DVD set that we have. It might be. <laughs> that that, that bus company could have recycled it and <laughs> could have picked it up. That's how we watch the show is yeah. on DVD. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh classic. That's yeah. the only way you could see the art form. Are there yeah. people yeah. in front of the plaza hawking this tour? Are there people like dressed like Mr. Big? Um, like, no, no. Because you, you want to go on this tour? Do you want to go on this tour? Absolutely. Come on. Come on. Come on. Get in here. Get in the bus. Well, it's more of a, usually people like order their tickets online or by phone and then we're like you know meet in front of the plaza um you'll see a woman with a blue umbrella which like each staff member has a blue umbrella but usually i would go up to people if they looked like very fashionable like but indiana's version of fashionable <laughs> i would just go over to them and be like hey there i think you're looking for me and they're like yeah the sex in the city tour and i was like i could tell come with me you know because <laughs> nice. people just look like they're you know like yeah. off but sometimes they would dress up like a big flower and yeah and would like I, a would any of them, like, try to mimic the the outfits that they saw on the show Oh yeah, like, totally. Are we cosplaying on this bus? <laughs> Almost, yeah. I mean, because some bachelorette parties, they really would like have like either sashes or a lot of them did the big carry flower or the nameplate yeah, necklace. Yeah. Um, but you're speaking languages that we don't. Say. <laughs> What's the nameplate necklace? Did they wear those in the show? Yes. At one point, I think it may be in upcoming seasons, Carrie has, and it's more like you used to see it more in like Latino and black culture of like having your name yeah. as a gold plate. You okay. know? I went on a date with a girl one time who had that, but it just said, nope. Oh, I love it. I love it. That's so great. Oh, okay. Yeah, I have one that says Are you sure that wasn't her, her last name? Oh, it was Leslie Nope. Leslie from Nope. Yeah, exactly. I went on a date with the character of Leslie yeah. Nope. I was yes. like, you look like Amy Poehler, sort of. Is, but yeah, I mean, uh, on the show, the there was the blue umbrella a thing? No, it's, that just was just, yeah, thing. that was okay. just a tour guide thing, yeah. But what was the other thing you said? The big flower? Is that a fashion thing? I think yes. I might know what that's from. Is that from the movie? Well, in the movie, they bring it back okay. to echo it. You Call see back. it in, yeah, I think you see it in season four or five. Okay. I mean, because Carrie's fashion was just so amazing. I mean, sometimes it was bonkers, yeah. but so amazing. And, um... And the woman who did all the fashion, Betsy Johnson, or no, I'm sorry, Betsy Johnson did some, but then it was um, this other woman, you know, she would, she often would take trends that were often from black and Latino communities and sort of put them on the white women, which, you know, problem. Yeah, but, um, but not always, you know, but, but yeah, the big flower we see later on, it just was sort of Carrie's signature at one point of like just a huge flower. Um, but yeah, so the tour then would go, like, we would go to the Pleasure Chest, which is a sex toy yeah, shop. In and, the West Village. Right? Yeah, in the West Village. And then we would sort of wind around the West Village, go to Magnolia Bakery and get cupcakes. Yep. And they would have some shopping time and then go down to Little Italy Chinatown to the bar that was Stephen Aiden's bar, which you'll get to okay. in future seasons. What What is that? Oh, yeah. What it's, bar did they use? It's called O'Neill's. I, yeah, I've been there. Yeah, it's a cool bar. Yeah, I yeah. used to go there for every New Year's Eve. Me and all the tour guides would spend New Year's there. It was very funny. That's funny. When, um, you, when you took the ladies to Magnolia, were you like, give them a wink and be like, 
get the banana pudding. Yeah, That's exactly. what the New Yorkers. I know. Like. Yeah, like that was the thing is we always there was so many like cupcake wars and cupcake drama between Magnolia and then Crumbs yes. and like always like weird fighting, and so the cupcake situation often was changing. And at one point we severed ties with Magnolia, and we're like it was like we'd bring our own cupcakes and serve them in the park near Magnolia, but they weren't Magnolia cupcakes. And like where did you get the cupcakes from? I think they were from. Not crumbs or like another one that was a split off. I'm trying to think. There's like Little Bake Shop. There's uh, there was. Yeah. What was the yeah. other one? Oh, I uh, forget what it was called, but we'll look that up. Yeah, I will call like, them out now. Magnolia, not good coffee. And whereas oh, really? a lot of the other cupcake places like what was the one you said? Little Bake Shop. Little Bake Shop. They have great coffee. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I never. Uh, I was never like a. this is like most people. I was never a giant Magnolia cupcake fan. Yeah. And then occasionally I, I went through like a Magnolia icing phase. Mm-hmm. But I've always been on. I've always been for. It can, was, you, can you explain that for us? So, so I used to work at just this, like freebasing that icing. Yeah. Oh but did you get you one would, of those bags and cut the bottom off? Oh, and just, Yes. <gasps> you would see me out. In, I'd be out in an alley behind Magnolia. I knew this guy, Henry, that worked there. And I would hang out in the alley and I would have like. <laughs> Trousers with piss stains on them, just <laughs> hanging out there, and I'd be like, "Henry, give me that icing." And then he would do. I it need was, the sugar. It was three months. I was unemployed. That's all I did. Hey, hey uh, Corey, sorry. This one uh, comes with a cupcake. Get that away from me. I only want the icing. <laughs> give me that icing, Henry. You know I'm not a breadhead. <laughs> but no, this, I worked at a job where they would people would always like show up. You know, like they like office snacks or yeah. whatever. We had a bunch of magnolia things, and I would just go and like be like. <laughs> Scoop yeah. it off. But uh, the banana pudding is always the best thing. Yeah. And but I mean, now does anyone go to, does anyone care about magnolia anymore? Yeah. It's I get weird banana pudding still... to bring home to my dad for Christmas every year. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. But, people uh, still go, but it's sort of so passe by now. You know, I mean, same with like Budokan, like the restaurant. Yes. I remember when I first moved here, my friend's brother was a waiter at Budokan. Yeah. And we went and it like blew my mind. Oh, I know. Yeah. And it was like, whoa, it's like this huge place and it's so cool. Yes, and within a couple like, of years, it was like, just a, like, we're in an Asian palace. I know. Yes. Yeah. And then it became so a bridge and tunnel. But we used to go there on the tour and like just sort of it would be closed during the day but they would give us permission to go in so people could take pictures or whatever but it was sort of funny because when Budokan was hot like we wanted we were like hey can we you know have you as a tour stop and Budokan was like not interested and then a couple years later Budokan was like hello we'd like to work with you (laughs) (laughs) we are not that popular anymore it's funny I didn't know Budokan was a spot in the show but it totally makes sense because the times that I went there uh, Dale Talday, who's like a chef in mm-hmm. New York, he oh, yeah. owns Talday. Yeah, in which Park is right Slope. down here. Yeah, he was a line cook there, and he was mm-hmm. about to go on um, Top Chef. Top Chef. Yeah. I was about to say Chefing with the Stars. <laughs> yeah. uh, he was about to go on Top Chef, and I remember my friend who worked there. He was like, "This is Dale. He's one of our cooks. He was. He's going to go on the show Top Chef." And also that night, Derek Jeter was eating there with like a bunch of his friends, like a, a couple of Yankees and a couple other people. But that seems like such a Sex in the City type place. Oh, totally. Yeah, just yeah. like big, overdone. Very cool for yes. a moment, yeah. you know. I think do, I think doing tours tapped me into realizing the things that are hip in New York, but then move on to like, like you forget that it's like Wicked still runs. It's mm-hmm. not even like the hot new show, but it's like it's sold out all the time. Mm-hmm. They're like w- canon New York or whatever. So I feel like Magnolia, if you looked at their books, it'd be like, you know, the new cool cupcake and Magnolia's like, we make more than that. They're going to yes. be there forever. Exactly. Because because they still do have a line down the block. And yeah. I mean, I did feel pretty cool when we were when we had a good relationship with them. I would get to cut the line because the bouncer knew me, yeah. which like you've never felt cooler than when you're like a cupcake VIP and you're like, yo, yeah. yo, hey, me. And then they're like, come in, come in. I'm like, yeah, like, yeah. you know, she? It's like, don't worry about it. <laughs> I know. And I then I would take that, these uh, two cupcake like, shop has a bouncer. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Hey, we got to keep all those yeah. breadheads that, out of here. <laughs> that guy's seen some shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like so New York. Yeah, like, oh, too many people want the one thing. Welcome to New York City. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) That's totally true, yeah. 
Get that icing addict out of here. Hey, get him out of here. <laughs> Henry, don't feed that guy in the alley. Don't give him the icing bag. Well, that's like, I talked to someone who said like cronuts are still lying down the block. Yes, and that was like Craigslist, buy him for $100. Now no one cares about him, but everyone does because. Well, because also it trickles and trickles. Like, I mean, yeah. I, when I think about the meatpacking district now, it's like, okay, that used to be a really cool spot. Then it was Bridge and Tunnel. Now it's Taurus. Like, and now all those people who were meatpacking are in Williamsburg and you know like just mm-hmm. these weird way, ways that it cycles yeah. and soon meatpacking will be like Times Square like oh your mm. your parents are like there's this cool hip neighborhood called the meatpacking <laughs> yes, district yeah. that's you know? totally true though and like not not in a uh, elitist way but like you see how in how New York ends up just kind of New York and I guess cities like it but a lot of times New York especially with sex in the city just it, it just like blossoms out more yeah. and more and more and more oh, I know. to where you people know what Magnolia is yeah. because of that show. And then and like yeah. fashion trends, you know, like, yeah, the nameplate necklace, it was like hip in New York. And then mm. it took about five years to get to suburban America. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, like it's so weird how the trends can be so much later. Mm. But the source material is often. Yeah. Like New York, Sex and the City. Or, yeah. you know. I remember being at I think I was at my sister's house. I was uh, who she lives in like rural Connecticut and I remember being in a Dunkin Donuts seeing this thing called like the Dunkin Donuts croissant donut mm. and it was like their cronut yeah. and I was like oh yeah this is like started in this one place in Soho and it goes out yeah. to where it's everyone like wants to have that thing yeah it's such a it's so strange that's why whenever even if I ever go to like a loft type apartment that's like a, a real big artsy looking loft and I've had a few friends and dated a few girls that like will have the apartment that I'm like that's just what I thought New York was mm-hmm. growing up. Cause I would see the movies made in like, you know, ghost. 19, yeah. Big. Yeah. Like, all, yeah. Big. Yeah. Like those ones that it's like, it's big and it's right in the middle of the city and it's, but you know, we're on the delay. We're now like to get that. You have to be in, in forest Hills or something. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, and that's another thing I think you guys should touch on is the, apartments of the gals like oh, yeah. you know when I, as a tour guide people are always like oh my god carrie's apartment wow and it's like it's so unrealistic yeah, right, i mean yeah. her whole storyline of being a freelance journalist i mean like and the pay rate that she claimed to get was a preposterous i mean all of it is impossible what was her apartment it's it's 700 dollars a month that's what i always yeah i remember. think it was like seven or 750 because it was rent stabilized or something um but which isn't great there are people in my building that pay $500 a month. Yeah. I mean, you know. if you've just been there forever, like yeah. my, my apartment was rent stabilized for a long time and it was cheap as hell. You know, yeah. like if you have an old agreement, yeah, it's feasible, but, but also it was supposed to be on the Upper East Side, but I mean, but also the layout, I mean, just a lot of it. I was like, I don't know how, I just, I doubt, I mean, I guess if her cheap apartment, her rent is so cheap, but as far as what she took home, like salary wise from her job, buying that many Manolos and going to all those cool clubs, like that's just not possible. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, we we got to watch. I feel like we got to get yeah. into this one. We have uh, so much to do. Episode seven. I don't the, even know the title or anything. It's the monogamists. The monogamists. Mo- monogamists. Oh wow! Mm. Yeah, I've never seen that one. No. Do you, do you remember any? Do you remember anything? I from this don't episode? really. Yeah, I feel like I tried to block out season one, but oh. uh, I'll be interested to see it anyway. I thought it was the monologists. And monologists. It's just each of them doing monologues. Yes. It's by Eve Ensler. <laughs> She wrote vagina monologues. I, think. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm right. a woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's go watch the uh, the, the, monologist the monologist by Eve Ensler. There we go. We'll the be back. Episode seven, the monogamists. Carrie and Mr. Big begin dating on a regular basis, but she begins to question their commitment after bumping into him on a date with another woman. 
Samantha looks for an apartment to purchase, while Charlotte dates a man who prefers oral sex. Later, Miranda becomes jealous after seeing Skipper with another woman. And now, back to the boys. Welcome back, everybody. Ooh, wow. wow. What the a monologist. <laughs> What an episode. Yeah. The monogamists. John? That was, uh, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Tell us what happened. Oh, all right. We're going to, for those of you who didn't watch, we, uh, we just read the, uh, the synopsis and now I'm going to give a, a, a brief rundown. Feel free to interject here if, uh, you all think I'm missing anything. It was, uh, this episode was about, uh, monogamy. It was about mm-hmm. choosing one person in the sea of almost infinite possibilities in New York City, which seems like there is at times. Uh, we have uh, we have Carrie wrestling with uh, a big who is seen on another date with mm-hmm. another woman. We have Miranda who's a little bit jealous of the skip because he's uh, he's uh, dating another woman. We have Charlotte uh, who found Mister Perfect but does not like to give the blowjobs. And who am I missing? Samantha, Samantha. Samantha. realtor Re- monogamy, realtor monogamy, and uh, great little twist. On oh it. yeah, mm-hmm. love this episode because uh, we got a little perspective on all of the ladies. And uh, the main arc of the episode was was big and Carrie and her kind of. Uh, she was seen big a little bit too much. She committed, I believe, she said the cardinal sin. She forsaked her girlfriends for a boyfriend, and uh, she she felt like she was really in in a relationship. They were going somewhere. And then when she sees Big on another date with someone else, uh, she gets uh, a little bit devastated and has to wrestle with that. And and, uh, and yeah, it's, that's essentially what happened. Mm-hmm. I won't do a, a scene by scene breakdown. Uh, this one's pretty straightforward. I feel like after last week, it was like we we're back with the family. We back had Skipper with, there. Oh, good. And Mr. <laughs> yeah. Big, we had all our girls. We had a great, the, great Skipper ladies. sex scene. <laughs> we did. That's yeah. The, yeah. Is that that's not the first Skipper sex scene? Was there a Skipper Miranda sex scene, or has there been any? I don't remember. I think but, we might have just had. But if uh, you're gonna do a sex scene, I want it to be to to be Skipper and someone else. That was yeah. one of the best sex scenes in so far, certainly. Also hilarious. Like I just love when they play with you know sort of awkward physicality. Him grabbing the phone over that girl's oh, head. Man. You know, yeah. just like oh my gosh, this is so embarrassing to watch, but amazing. The cord and her, in her face. The cord in yes. her face was classic. Yeah, and he's like inside her being like i don't think this is gonna work right you know? I know it was a great line it's are you breaking up with me while you're still inside yeah. me yes that was <laughs> amazing I, I just love that that skipper thinks of himself as the private stud horse it's just <laughs> he said that was his line of random classic he, it said, was, he, he said i'm not gonna be a private stud horse and then didn't he call her you go miss dial a fuck <laughs> yes oh I, so i heard those two things and i was like there was a writer that was really proud of like those two yeah. things yes yeah. and it's wouldn't it be skipper's dream to be used for sex you know yeah, and like, exactly. it's like dude you wish you right. know that's well, what I think is so funny. This is the first time when he walks past with the girl, it's like, oh, the little geek has like a little bit of power. And then the second yeah. he's back with Miranda, he just like gives it all uh-huh. back to her. He's like, I love you. I, love I you. know. Yeah. And the, yeah. What a sensitive little boy. And I mean, I love that scene when they walk by and Skipper's with the girl who's like, you know, very in the span of 30 seconds. Yeah. She name drops like Vogue lived in Paris, you know, like dream date that they just went on, yeah. you know, and Miranda's like, cool. Uh-huh. Great. You know? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was great seeing Miranda, like, kind of up against a wall. Yeah. Yes. Like, yeah. Which, that's the last episode we saw. Miranda was dating the spanking guy, and she tried to bring out the spanking thing to him, and he was like, uh, and nope. just walked away. So that's, like, two times that I feel like we've seen her on her heels a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she, I mean, Cynthia Nixon is such an amazing actress, too, but, like, 
Yeah, her dealing with processing embarrassment or like she's so funny at it. Mm-hmm. And I find that so relatable too that like hey, you don't really care about a dude and then you see him on a date with somebody else and you're like, "Wait, wait, wait hold up, hold up." Yeah. Yeah. You know? I def- I did I went on four dates with this guy once and I was like, "No thanks." And then he cast me in this thing and then he was like directing on set and I was like, "Yeah, it's oh. going down tonight." Like, <laughs> and it did. But yeah. I was like, "I didn't like you before, but now, you know." That is such a I mean, that can be dealt with in like ev- any TV show ever, but it's like such a human thing. And what is it? Like, what is it that makes you? Yeah, I don't know if it's just that seeing someone in a context in which they don't need you and mm-hmm. they're maybe. And also, I mean, I know seeing this guy on set was hot because he was like a very plugged in director and he was calling the shots. And like, so seeing him being masterful at work was pretty hot. But yeah, I don't know if it's just that like that sort of phenomenon of like mm-hmm. you want what you can't like have or yeah. what doesn't yeah, the grass need is you. always greener. Yeah. 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 Is that more of a girl thing or a guy thing with would that happen more so with guys? I feel like there's a little bit of a don't know what you got till it's gone kind of thing, which is also a song by Paradise Cinderella. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a, also by Joni Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Well, I believe the I Cinder- think the Cinderella one is more of a masterpiece. <laughs> like we can all agree. I think I've heard one in grocery stores more often, and it's the Cinderella one. <laughs> really? I don't even know who John Mitchell is, okay? <laughs> anyway. Johnny. But I don't know. I do think it's equal for men and women. Like, don't you guys think that's a phenomenon where, like, you know, you might be like, oh, this girl's cute, whatever. I don't care. And then... I don't know. You see her out killing it or on a date with somebody else. And then you're like, hold up, hold up. You I know? feel like it would be more on a date with someone else than than like than just. Yeah. Um, but not all the time. I, I don't know. I guess. What do you think? Do you guys have what would what would change your mind about a girl if you're like, oh, I'm kind of into her. And then all of a sudden, like her being the jealousy of like being out with another guy. No, that no, wouldn't do anything for me. That, I don't think yeah. that would do anything for me because I think it maybe it's a defense mechanism, but I could see that and be like, man, she looks cute, but that guy's going to have to deal with all that bad stuff. <laughs> about her. I'm like, yeah, good luck, Bob. Exactly. If, if I'm like, if I'm with, with someone or when I was with someone and I decided it wasn't going to work, then I processed that and kind of established that this is not going to work. So if I saw someone else out with her yeah. i would just think like poor guy he's mm-hmm. gonna have to deal like you know it wouldn't it wouldn't change me at all but well, i feel like that i think with like someone like a career or or something else like that that would probably have a lot more effect than Wait, a, you're a, saying, a romantic relationship you're saying not the girl having a career but you're saying like for what would get you as a, th- a thing you're like a career that i wished i would have done exactly saying, okay yeah, yeah that's that's what would like if i was like no nah, i'm not really interested in that and then if i saw like a friend crushing it an xyz job i could okay. be like oh man i yeah. really wish that was me you know but not, could've, could've not romantically <laughs> yeah i think romantically what would get it for me is not see i don't know if it would but not seeing a girl with a guy but seeing someone like out living their life and totally happy like if you were out of a relationship and that this is the, what social media is the worst for oh is you God, just see like yeah. vacation pictures of like a person with their friends being like we all just decided to go to bermuda it's freaking great and then them and then also even them being like i don't care like i don't mm-hmm. really even need a relationship i'm just kind of cool and you're like oh man Look, they don't even care about me anymore. Yeah. Like it's mm-hmm. not like they even feel like they need somebody else. They're just out there living their life right. and here I am. I'm an idiot at home by myself. Yeah. You know? well, that's kind of what Miranda did. You know, mm-hmm. she's like, I just wanna Yeah. I just need to interrupt your good time just to to feel good or to like get like a little thing in. Exactly. Yeah. You know? And that's what sometimes, you know, and I I mean I love Miranda so much, but I think that 
Yeah, she reminds me of a lot of people I know. Flawed where, like anyone else. Yeah, exactly. We're all flawed. But yeah, I think she kind of was like, wait, Skipper, you don't get to move on from me. Yeah. Reel him back in. Right. And then he's like, but I don't really want it, FYI, you know? And yeah. I mean, I think that's very relatable, you know? Yeah, yeah I think the thing with... Um, I guess that's what Big is exemplifying in the episode. Like, if he yeah. saw Carrie out, he'd be like, oh, how, how are you? If anything, maybe you would get a jab in of like, oh, that's your business or something. Mm-hmm. But maybe just move on. I don't know. I think it is true what the episode was showing. That's like a guy is going to have the brakes on um, more often than the girl. Of mm-hmm. Big being like, I kind of want to like, I like what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And, and Carrie being like, come on, like, let's move this along. Are yeah. we, what are we? And he's like, we're great. Right. Yeah, I, yeah. I got these other fun. girls like exactly. This and, is awesome, isn't and it? And she even says that they never they never had the conversation about exclusivity. Yeah. Which I yeah. think is like very important. That if I think before that conversation happens, there's no you don't owe anyone anything. It's but, true, yeah. You know, yeah, it, you don't. And and that's why I think the conversation is a good thing, so people's feelings don't get hurt. So because mm-hmm. yeah. when you communicate that you're on the same page, there's an understanding. But I think she was actually a little bit ridiculous in assuming that he would even be exclusive to her when they never had that that chat at all yeah and because different people want different things you know i think that some people assume well we're building momentum we're going out and it's like well maybe i mean in big this will be a through line of big forever i mean he's been divorced at this point uh is he divorced when we first see him yes he is but we don't even know that yet but he is Mm. um but yeah, and he's just sort of a man about town. He's a guy with a lot of money. He cruises around, talks in his car phone. You know, like he <laughs> I, he's not a dude who's looking for monogamous commitments. Right. And and Charl- and uh, S- um, Carrie always is. So they just are at loggerheads of that issue. But yeah, like haven't mm-hmm. discussed it. So like, why would you assume that he's only with you? When we started the show, I guess I didn't expect for Carrie to be as interested in monogamy as she is. I mean, like, I want a relationship. Right. Like she seems to always be pushing towards that. And I just never expected that when I started the show. Yeah, and it's weird. I think it runs contrary to her sort of character description is like she's this, you know, sex writer out living life exploring sex in New York and but she is very much a traditional romantic, you know? Yeah, like that's true. she has these lines in the future where she's just like I want all encompassing love. I want crazy, you know, like she really wants this romantic sort of dream. Um but it's yeah, it runs very co- counter to what you'd expect from like a sex writer. It's yeah. also interesting that throughout the course of the entire show from episode 1, Big is introduced. And so it he it almost seems like if you were going to think of a show like this, you'd be like, okay, and then season 2 or 3 we have this person who's a sex writer who's out living and we're going to introduce the red herring for them that they're going to try to get. But that's from episode one. Yeah. Her and Big have an on again, off again thing for the whole show, it seems like. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's every season. And there are times where he's totally out of it. And, you'll, you know, and she, you know, dates Berger, she dates Aiden. But yeah, it is such a strange because you would think, yeah, like they would in in season one, especially there's so many short, short term characters, Skipper and um so it's sort of, yeah, surprising that they would have, like, the main character who's the protagonist already be sort of felled by this huge crush. Like, mm. Although what another thing that's interesting, which we don't ever really talk about this, but the show Girls, which some mm-hmm. people had said was a modern sex in the city, <laughs> from episode one of Girls. God help us. <laughs> I know. I watched two episodes and oh, I was like, help. bye, thanks. Oh, I've been to Williamsburg and I've seen Entitled Kids. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> but from the first episode of that, at... Adam and Hannah are together. So the, her, Mr. Big. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, how far we've fallen. I know. Oh, yeah. That was this generation's Mr. Big. Get out of here. He didn't, <laughs> he even, didn't have even wear a suit. Yeah. <laughs> and now you think you're Kylo Ren? Shut up. Get out of here. What are you doing? What if the last go- Star Wars they cast uh, Christopher, Christopher Knopf as Kylo Ren? <laughs> I always, th- I always thought it'd be funny because like the first episode where with Adam, he just like 
is he has like really rough sex with uh with Anna's like like jerking off on her chest. And when I saw Star Wars, I just thought it'd be funny if Kyle, Kylo Ren had a scene like that. Like, I don't know. But it's with it's with a lightsaber. <laughs> That's how he kills someone. But I will say that they actually in girls and big girls fan. Um, I watched every Wait, episode. Of are that. you a fan of girls or big girls? Both. Hey. Both. Both. Big girls um, is another great HBO show. Big girl lies. Big. <laughs> Big little girl lies. <laughs> so the the mashup, it's all one one universe. Yeah, exactly. Um, but in in that, they they try and kind of um they toy with that in the last season of like Adam is just like tells uh the girl he's with, I forget her name, the British one. And it's Shoshana? just like Yeah, I've gotta be with Lena. I've gotta be with uh with Hannah. And they go back and they try it and it's perfect for a day and then the same problems start back up again. And then he just had to do that to move on with his life. Yeah. And yeah. she had to do it too. And I wonder if some part of it was maybe not directly inspired, but of that trope of being like the person you should be with, even though you have all the information you need mm -hmm. and then they, it's perfect. And then the same problems come back. So, mm -hmm. um, they yeah. seem like they don't really have the only problems they seem to have so far is like being on a different page of not having that conversation. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. I'm a, I'm very, I'm going to shift focus here a little bit. I'm really ha happy to have a female perspective here on this. Before you were here, we would always often discuss these things, and it, it's not always the best with just males. But I want to talk about the um, the blowjob tug yeah, of war. Is that yeah. an actual? Is that a thing? Oh Which, yeah, I was that surprised. Was. That was yeah. that's Charlotte's storyline where she's with this perfect guy. He has this perfect golden retriever. And every night they go home. That's what he calls his date. penis. Calls <laughs> the golden penis. retriever. It's, it's full of long golden hair. It's it looks very like, shaggy. It looks like He-Man. Um, <laughs> but he, they engage in the blowjob tug of war where he tries to push her head down and then yeah. she comes up and finally you she know, says, I don't like doing it. And I got to say, when that happened the first time where we, you see him kind of put his hand on the back of her head, I was dying laughing because I can't tell you how many times it's happened to me. Oh and you guys gosh. seemed surprised. I was very That you surprised. were laughing or that, that, it was happening. that it was happening. Yeah. Have you never, I mean, A, like, do you not? This There's is a move that some guys I've, do. I mean, granted, yeah. it was more in college and high school, but it's a move. It, it, I think that, I don't know if we were... I've been hanging out with monsters, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> do it. No, I think that, like, I don't... The surprising thing, it was almost, like, aghast of where... Because when you see it in that context, like, there's something where it's like, uh-oh, wait, what's going on? And, it, and, like, I guess there are things where you're like, oh, is this... It feels so charged where you're like, uh oh, is he just gonna like push her head down there? Yeah. Uh -oh. Oh, I mean, no, and also they were fully clothed, which is yeah. weird. Like, totally. usually you're naked in bed. Right. And uh, I mean, I had a guy do that to me, and I literally was like, elevator to the basement. Like, just me, like, I'm because he was like pushing my head down. So I was kind of making fun of him pushing my head down. I was like, elevator goes down. Just right. to be like, uh, you know, like, I mean, but. Or some dudes like will grab your ears like they're knobs almost. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> Sorry. Oh, college was crazy. I feel like. <laughs> I mean, I feel like there's. Th this was more like clothes on. Like I'm about to get a blowjob. In while you're like starting to barely making out, barely yeah. making yeah. out. Like I'm sure there's there's a way that is more normal to suggest. Like I would love to give a blowjob, but yeah. I feel like uh, I feel like I've made that suggestion once and then see where it goes and i was having none of it <laughs> <laughs> i was like absolutely not kevin we're about you, to film a, we're yeah, about to do a like, podcast you have also, a strong neck too you can really resist i, I have only work out my neck <laughs> the, the tug of war is going to go in direction <laughs> every time yeah every neck tug of war i always work also i oh sorry i always used to think 
if when it comes to hooking up stuff, like if you ask, you shall not receive. You know, like don't ask mm. me to blow you. Oh, see, that's let what it I, happen. I was just gonna suggest, just like, isn't it better to like do the suggestion, and be like, how about a blowjob? <laughs> <laughs> but that's not. Apparently, that's not she it. just answered your question. Yeah, I know. Well, I, said I mean, it. even though I do think like communication is huh? important, consent is important, but I don't know. I used to. Who, there was this one guy who just kept asking for stuff, and I was like, dude, just let me get to it. There you is know? a thing where in any any relational thing, like it's part of the romance to just be like you let things happen and, yeah. and you there's a curiosity and a th- like it's a it's a communication between the two of you yeah and then it's always funny afterward like whether sexual or not to just be like man i was really hoping that things were going to go this way you know or like yeah. it, it, that's even like down to when you're with a friend and you guys end up going on a date or something it's like oh my gosh i was really hoping you were going to ask me out or like i was hoping we were going to make out or something yeah. like that you know yeah, Whereas yeah. opposed to being like hi i would like to make out with you exactly i know yeah i had a first date make out recently and the guy was like i was hoping you would do that back at the previous bar and i was like that's so cute yeah, you exactly. know yeah. it was sweet but i i not but i i mean to speak to the whole like asking for head i liked in when the four gals are out for dinner you know, when Miranda's like, you know, if if you can't, get, yeah, you know, like you give head because you want to get head, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I feel like, okay, if there's a question of like, oh, you want a blowjob? Cool. Start licking puss. And then she'll get the, you know, like uh, yeah. <laughs> one hand washes the other, so to speak. Yeah. I, I, this, this, uh, scene sort of mirrored the anal scene from, um, from the earlier episode when yeah. they're all talking about in anal the and have their different in the cab. Yeah. From episode two or three, something like that. Yeah. Um, but it is, they all seem to have, was Samantha like just down? Like, I just like giving head. Yeah. Oh, and uh, yeah. And no, she, Samantha first, said it's, it's a power thing. Cause you might mm-hmm. be on your knees, but at least you got them by the balls. Yes. Yeah. Which, yeah. Like, I, Great I like, line. Great line. I yeah. like how their discussion of blowjobs all like paints such a good, a good picture of their individual characters. Exactly. I mean, and that's the beauty of the four of them is you always have Samantha who's like, down to you know like like really excited about sexuality and sex positive you have charlotte who's extremely repressed mm-hmm. you have miranda who's sort of like oh, i don't know just give it to me and then like the sort of romantic carry right um but but yeah i liked what samantha said about it like and it reminded me of this woman i used to work with who was like she sort of convinced all of us at my office that like giving head is so sexy it you know like it, it's really you're in control you're setting the tempo like it's an opportunity for you to show off your body like and it really reframed how I think about it. And I'm like, yeah, really? it's awesome. You know? Well, I, I imagine if, okay, if you're, Kevin, if you're Kevin, I'll reconsider. I'll reconsider, <laughs> Kevin. After what Selena said, I will reconsider, Kevin, when we're done. No, John, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I imagine if your college experiences were the, the tug of war, that would have, you, you'd naturally have a kind of a skewed yeah. perspective on it. And that. if it's like you feel like you're being sort of boondoggled into hooking up, like, right. don't trick me. Exactly. You know, like, I am an active participant and I can enjoy this too. I just don't want to be made to feel like I'm being like led into an alley. You right, know, like, right. Yeah. We're adults. Everyone enjoys this. Let's enjoy it together on yeah. the same page. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think we we were talking about this last night because Slean and I were having a beer with some friends. I was um, having a seltzer with bitters for everyone who's doing dry January. So I was doing dry January and it just every three days falls off the wheels. I know. <laughs> I've had three, 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 three relapses. Uh, and, but, you know, I mean, not too bad. Hey. Yeah. This, yeah. Well, um, but it seems like that bl- that whole blowjob conversation and like the head pushing and the not communication seems pretty relevant right now with like the conversations with sexual harassment and with all that stuff and affirmative consent yeah yeah and and knowing like okay the second time he did that is that being like whoa what the do i have to fucking say this twice yeah um and but what we were talking about yesterday was how sex in the city has been getting a lot of flack from what i've heard the past 
year or two of being like, you know, there's a lot of issues with that show. But if that episode wasn't happening, that conversation was happening in, in 1999 and it was the only place. So it's like mm -hmm. sometimes they're trudging through this difficult territory and it has to be a funny show. Mm -hmm. But it's like, yeah, if you're the one that talks about it, you're going to take some body shots. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, exactly. And, and, and stumble your way through it. But a lot of the episodes we've had different issues or different things that it's like, oh, that doesn't play well. But that that was done in an interesting way. I thought there was like, I don't know. They finally did communicate at the end, which she's like, I don't like to. to it was grow. it was a great it was a great communication because she said <laughs> she said, are you willing to give up a woman who cares about you and potentially the future mother of your children someone who's going to support your your cares your and, and your dreams for a blowjob? And he responds with. Will you at least lick my balls? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bargaining, and that's when you know they're a catch, <laughs> right? But I, I just love that idea because that—that's sometimes what I like think about people who who cheat, uh, like someone who will be unfaithful to their to their spouse or their yeah. girlfriend. It's like you're really if you if you break it and boil it down, you're really throwing away your whole life mm -hmm. for like a blowjob. Yeah. Or like, or like yeah. a, a night of sex, like and it's one like one gross, quick transaction. Is yeah. it like it's like they did a great job of like approaching that before it actually happened? But people who are unfaithful, it's like, what were you thinking? Oh, you know. have like a wife, a ch children, exactly. career. Mm. You're a politician. Yeah. Also, you could like send a dick pic to a stripper or something. Like, what in the hell were you thinking? It's, and, just, I, it's wild. and I like too. They sort of Charlotte's final like you know monologue when she says to him, just like the mother of your children. I appreciate that they're addressing sort of the Madonna whore bind for women of mm -hmm. like, you're supposed to be this like hot, insatiable sex goddess, but also bear children and raise right, them and right. be a nurturing mother figure. Right, like, yeah, and it's right. hard to do both. And it's hard for, I think, partners to see their partner in those different roles, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I th think that was interesting. She gets, uh, seems like as we're watching it, Charlotte gets the short end of the stick of, of being like a prude, but also, you know, with something like that, you're like, I don't know. She finally likes this guy, and he throws it away because <laughs> being it's like being like, "Will you lick my fucking balls?" But I, I do like. It, I don't know if we've said this or not, but like, I do think it was a it was a power move of her to just be like, "Goodbye, mm -hmm. I'm leaving. I'm walking out of this yeah. right now." Well, because Samantha would have been like, "Now's the perfect time. Lick his fucking balls, and he'll do whatever yeah. you want." I know. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do think though, early on, I like early on in a relationship. I think is when you should be a little like, okay, just. Be nice. Do something. Even if you don't love doing this, it's early. Just try it right now. You know, mm -hmm. like, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't mean to throw away all your, like, you know, uh, things that you're really committed to, but I don't know. Early on, you should be on best behavior. Try to be agreeable. Go with Have it. See what fun. happens. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys think that she just didn't want to do it because that guy's golden retriever was there the whole time? <laughs> oh, my God. Always just like six inches from them? Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, that is what is kind of funny about that that arc then is the beginning is like the dog is what started it all. And at mm -hmm. the end, it's like the dog's still there. Yeah. yeah. I'm being like, eh, like, I just yeah, want to watch. That's one thing that's always impressed me about the writing of Sex and the City is like they connect it the beginning to the end so well. Yes. And they weave in an overarching theme and it manifests in all four girls' lives in many different ways. Like they do a great job. Well, that, with, with the scene at the end and a few different scenes, I was like, there's so many points in this like you're talking that could have like the curb your enthusiasm like mm -hmm. bum bum and the, the way they did it in this episode was of course the talking head shots we had the we had a, another round oh, yes. of talking heads and oh so yeah. good ones Some real like good Todd real. Barry cameo uh, we had our first our TB in there Todd Barry cameo that was great we gotta try and is he if, if that's the only episode he's in I think so 
Man, we, but still, I mean, yeah, one of the awesome. one of the best things about this show, watching it now, is seeing all the actors that either either as like as as an episode co star, like we had Justin Thoreau in this mm-hmm. one, but also just the bit parts, like Todd mm-hmm. Barry. We had John Benjamin in an earlier one, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That Todd Barry one. What he said, they were ta- it was the monogamy runner of like all these people talking about like right. do they cheat or other monogamous? And what was his thing? It was something like talking about monogamy and how he really keeps it up and it's very important, but he's only monogamous with prostitutes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. He, he was, what was he doing? He's pushing like a cart of he's like those, a, like, like a water, water delivery, water delivery, guy. delivery guy. Yeah. Yeah. And Todd Berry is a comedian, stand-up comedian, who has uh, he's around New York City performing and everything. He, he's in, a, he was he's, in the wrestler. He's, he's, he's in the wrestler. He's in the wrestler. He did the uh, crowd work tour, which is on Netflix, I think. Which is it's his not. Special. It's on Louis C.K.'s website. But I think it's on Netflix. Oh, now, okay. Because <laughs> I don't think it's exclusively on there anymore. <laughs> he has yeah, he has a few things on Netflix. But he's that must have been. I mean, what twenty. That's twenty years ago. Back, yeah, it. yeah. I mean, and Justin 17. Thoreau looks like a baby. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who, I don't know who so that just, is. Justin Jennifer Thoreau, Aniston's, Aniston's husband. husband, and he wrote Zoolander. Oh. oh, I didn't realize he wrote Zoolander. Yeah. What are some other? I know one and movie he, that I want to talk about. They met on the about. set of what was that movie that was very funny? Um, Not uh, horrible bosses. No, before that, they met on the set of. It's like an outdoor. It's like a wet hot American summer, except it's like at a hippy dippy camp. Oh, it's uh, it, it was filmed in yes. upstate New York, and yeah. it's got all the state people in yes. it. Yes, it's yeah, uh, it's a great movie. It, we watched you and I watched it. David Wayne. It's a David Wayne movie. Yeah, and Justin Thoreau was very. I thought funny. that was the name of the movie. David Wayne. <laughs> like, it's mm-hmm. called David Wayne. Uh, Kevin and I watched it upstate. It's called um, Wonderlust. Wonderlust. Yes, Wonderlust. yes, really so fun. good. Uh, they met there. Yeah, they met there. Well, I think they'd been friends for a couple of years, but I think at on filming Wanderlust is when they really got together. That's cool. And I'm so happy for both of them. He's amazing, and so is she. Well, a, <laughs> a move. Can anyone name the movie that's recent that Christopher Noth and Justin Thoreau were in together, and they wow. both play horrible dirtbags in it? No. I don't know. This Phantom was movie Thread. <laughs> Phantom Thread. Know, they yeah. both play Daniel Day Lewis wow. in the movie. No, they were in the movie White Girl together, which came out oh. about a year and a half ago, <laughs> two Marlon- years ago. Wait, what? Yeah, I know, not on Wayne's Girl. Brothers. I thought you meant the, the Wayne's Brothers movie. White Chicks? White Chicks. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's very funny is a, a, a friend of ours, a uh, friend Bill Granberg, he, he, uh, he was working doing this like press thing and, and they had to talk to Justin Thoreau about that movie and they were going to make the joke White Chicks and Justin Thoreau was like, everybody makes that joke to me about this movie. Uh, Everyone's always talking about White Chicks. But uh, but it's a movie about like these girls that moved to Bushwick. It's mm. like a very much like gritty gentrification type thing oh, where it's these okay. young white hipster girls that moved to Bushwick. They start doing drugs with the the like Puerto Rican guys across the street, and then they get involved in these like drug things. But basically, the main character works at like a Vice type company, mm. and Justin Theroux is her cool older boss who's like late thirties, does cocaine in the office, oh my God. starts hooking up with her, who she's the intern, Whoa. and then there's a really really terrible turn where she has this is going to spoil the entire movie don't do it I'm don't do it. it i won't oh, do it God. instead <laughs> give us give us a one to five cosmo rating one to five cosmo how, how rating on it, it. Mm, it's a it's it's a three it's three it's cosmos? a it's a visceral movie it's produced by christine vachon who were who helped make kids the movie oh. kids oh, yeah. so it's got it's got kids. the same kind of like weight of kids where you get out of it and you're like Whoa, wow i feel like i just got punched in the face Ooh, but I not but christopher noth plays a huge scumbag in it Ooh, too. I gotta see this. Great movie. Yeah. I think Chris Noth, all all of the acting is good. Um, I don't think there's anyone that stands out as bad, but I do think um, Christopher Noth and, Mar- and Miranda, Cynthia Nixon, 
kind of stand out as like some pretty pretty great actors. Yeah, I don't know they, if Noth stands out or not as a good actor. I, yeah, the, you we, were asking we, that question. I while said we that were at the end. There's a lot of like, times where Noth, I can't tell if he's trying to play a sarcastic guy or I'm like, did he just not know how to deliver that line? Like a couple times where he's always like, "Hey, baby," like yeah. he just. There's a couple Noth lines where I'm like, is that who Big is? He's, I don't know. There's, I do. I think that the big character is supposed to be a cheese ball. A little bit. I mean, he's, this, he's, he's supposed to be guy. this like older guy yeah, he is, he who's is. like kind of a mover and a shaker, but a little bit of a cheese dick. But like, there's something <laughs> kind of nice about. But that. I think if that's the case, then I'm like, I totally get it. And I and I is for as long as I know he was what in line you're show, talking about. What was it? It's because I was like, this would be a great line to just have in your life. And it's when they're at the party with the guy. Yeah, with and the she's mustache. like, how many people are you dating? And he's and like, she says, let's find Max. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it was then. It was, I mean, I think he is supposed to be evasive and just like, uh, change the subject. It's just he's know? got, I think maybe he's playing it well, but he's got such smarm about him where he's mm-hmm. like, let's find Max. He's always got this like weird thing happening with his eyebrows, but that's the character of Big, maybe. Oh, totally. And you'll see more of that too. Yeah, like it really is. I mean, and I think that's partially what she likes about him. Just like, mm-hmm. oh, I can't get a straight answer out of you, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. Even at the end, the thing that happened at the end, we were saying Mary that. Girl, yes. Is, was it her inner monologue or was she actually saying it? Was she, she says it. Yeah, and she's like, and it's maybe very you poetic. find this person. Yeah, in... she's like, you know, I've been running and I've been going through the, all the, you know, like... Merry-go-round. Yeah, um, she's yeah, like, and will you stand sense. still with me? And he just like puts his arm around her and looks at the <laughs> sky. <laughs> and, then, and then the monologue is like, oh, and isn't it great? Like, what? No. Yeah, yeah. yeah. she's it's... smiling and he's just kind of staring like, all right, she he's called just... me out here. Because he says, like, you called me out here to th- at 3 a.m. to stand with you? Yeah. And he yeah. just doesn't. Which I'm a North guy. I'm a enough guy. I'll... You know, Corey, I like him. I think he does a great job. Oh, I, I think I would fall for his tricks. 100%. Forget me, Noth. I'm I'm figuring out if I'm an if I'm a Nothroth, a Nothroth. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying head. to figure out what a Noth head would be. A forget a me David Noth. Lee Noth. Who forget me Noth. Lee a forget Noth. me Noth. I'm yeah. not. I don't know if I'm a forget me Noth. Um, I think he's he's got to be a good actor. He's like worked for this long, and he was in mm-hmm. like that indie movie that I saw. So he's got to be a good actor. I just yeah, think he was in that indie movie that no one saw. He must be good. <laughs> I guess I equ- I guess good, I equ- good actors. I, I guess I equate if like bigger stars can be in an indie movie, then I'm like, oh, that that seems like the That's opportunity so to do some real acting. I don't know. Well, I think I mean it seems like some of your there's issues a lot of bad acting on TV yeah. by big people. Yeah, for and sure. maybe by this big person. <laughs> Eat it, not eat it. But no, Kevin. Yeah, Kevin. I agree. I think the character is supposed to be a little bit smarmy or like slippery, and yeah. So I think you might not like the character of Big, but maybe is Big getting under your skin because you don't think he's because you want you want a little more commitment. I don't know if you just said that because I looked like I was staring at the floor. I was reading my notepad. I I knew that. (laughs) I wasn't like you weren't crying. (laughs) Yeah, Corey's really (laughs) bummed about his commitment levels over here. I know. Do you think there? How did you feel when he was at uh, dinner with another woman? Big. Were you really upset? Hey, listen. (laughs) When the carries away, the big's gonna play. <laughs> you guys should have t-shirts made that say that. We're and everyone would be like, why do you have that shirt we're in 2018? We're working on our catchphrase right now. Yeah, a 20-year-old catchphrase. Let's just make a ridiculous <laughs> merchandise. Oh, yeah, also, t-shirts says absolutely, obviously. Uh, I mean, yeah. standard, 100%. standard. Do those already exist? I, I want an absolutely fanny I mean, pack. <laughs> oh, yeah. It would oh be so God. good. Just pay for it. Or, yeah, yeah a giant flower pin in the center. It's like, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, first Cosmo was that the first Cosmo I that we saw? That was the first Cosmo we saw, and, it and was they the called Stanford it by Blatch. name. Yeah, yeah they said the Cosmopolitan. We I watched know. it. We watched close-up shots of it getting made, mm-hmm. and then they hand them to him, and then it, they called by name. Yeah, I, on the Stanford. Sex of the City tour, we used to have Cosmos. Like, Here, 
I don't know what's in a Cosmo. Can we can yeah, we, can go we over talk that? about this? I'm actually not this? sure either. I think it's cranberry juice for the pink color and like vodka and something else. It sounds awful. Are as they a, good? As a sex, okay. I was gonna say, as someone who led Sex and the City tours and watched the show, do you like a Cosmopolitan? Not really. No, it doesn't seem like it's a great drink. Yeah, it's just. I think just people like that. It was like, look, it looks like it's in a martini glass. It's pink for girls. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, when on the tour, thankfully you got to drink as a tour guide, which was pretty cool. Um, but I would always get a Stella because I was like, uh, I also got to do the rest of the tour and I yeah. can't be that banged up. Yeah, but I know true. some of the other tour guides would literally like drink vodka on the bus. <laughs> Here we go. We got half ounce fresh lime juice, okay. one ounce cranberry juice, half ounce. Oh, no. Cointreau? Cointreau. Cointreau. And That's one and a half sugar, ounce right? vodka citron. They put, it, okay. they put Cointreau in Marg's. It's like kind of like a citrusy. Add liqueur. all ingredients in a cocktail shaker filled with ice. Shake well and double strain to large cocktail glass. Garnish with lime with wheel. Lime wheel, yeah. I mean, I feel like those ladies nowadays or in real life, if the show is real life, would get vodka tonics or vodka sodas because there's just unnecessary sugar in that yeah. drink. You don't yeah. need the sugar. Yeah, it's true. And I mean, those girls were, I mean, I thought the fashion today was pretty good. I thought some of those oh. dresses hold up, right? Oh God. I mean, it just, <laughs> it reminded me of stuff I used to wear in the late nineties, you know, just that sort of. So you were stylish in the late nineties. Yeah. I mean, but it, yeah, it's interesting to see those trends. Like even the, when, um, when Charlotte meets the guy with the dog, did you notice her shoes? There were these no. like dumpy platform sandals <laughs> that like, I remember vividly. This is why it's so good to have a female perspective on this because the question so far, did you notice her shoes? As always, we've been like, what? Did you notice her earrings? <laughs> no. no. Her shoes? No. Her dress? Oh no. Yeah. Her did boots? you notice that her yes. nipples were, were pointing out of her dress? Yes. She was so cold. We talked about it in the episode. I was like, Carrie apparently never wears a bra. And you were like, yes, but. She wears it to bed. Always. Which was a very deliberate choice. And yeah. I remember reading um, from the costume designer who I'm blanking on her name and I'm so angry at myself because she's sort of this iconic costume designer. But she said that they very because they wanted Carrie to be seen as such a sort of romantic and she loves old New York and old old timey romance movies. They wanted to have her sleep in a bra just as sort of like an old timey romantic thing. Um, Patricia Field. Yes. Yeah, yes. Oh, yeah. Patricia Field. Amazing. Amazing. Um, but yeah, they made some very deliberate choices. But yeah, like very few bras out in the world. Lots of bras in bed. There's a that, that's an interesting thing in a show like this because there's nudity in the show. But we saw um, we saw Kim Cattrall uh, straight, straight up, yeah, straight up. Um, Sarah Jessica Parker had a no nudity clause for herself. That's what really? I really. Yeah. That's why I wonder if the bras in bed thing. Yes, I think it was part of that. They're like, let's have the character be this romantic who always wears this, so you you never have to worry about right. Because we, because I think, I don't think we've seen it so far, but I think throughout the show, there's nudity for every character but Carrie, yes. right? Yes. Yeah, I believe we do see, yeah, because we definitely see, I think, full, or we see boobs on, I think, all of the, the other women. And I know that Kim Cattrall has said in the later years that, like, she always had the most nudity and she's the oldest of the women. And so it was hard for her to like keep her body tight because she knew mm -hmm. she was going to have nudity. And she just mm -hmm. felt like this is a lot harder for me. You guys, I'm right. 10 years older than you, you right. know? Wow. I want to see that skipper, butt. Ooh, skip that. Oh, we saw skipper boxers. And we saw his upper body. He's what I like to call fat skinny. It's like, okay, there's zero tone here, but you're not fat, I guess. You yeah. know, fat skinny. I, I, I say skinny fat. You say fat skinny. Same thing. <laughs> potato, <laughs> potato. What, what I did notice was Jared's unibrow. That thing was that thing was Justin, Justin, Justin Thoreau. Oh, oh, his character's name is Jared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. being an Armenian man, unibrows are something that runs strong. Yeah, wait, in my did you? Fan. And you said power brow. It's just insane. It was oh, a caterpillar. You? It was a caterpillar <laughs> crawling across <laughs> his, the bridge right with, there. Yeah. With I love the level of confidence with that unibrow just being like, oh, just come to this party and it's like you want you know what's going on there? Yeah, but yeah. I, I, do you wax? Do you have a unibrow? Absolutely. 
Absolutely. You did. did you always starting in like middle school? Yeah, it's, wow. yeah. Everyone in my family does, and it's it's just part of what we do. Yeah. yeah. Do, do, if if the Kardashians did no work, would they all have power brows? Oh, oh no are you doubt. kidding me? Mustaches, <laughs> are you beards. Me? Yeah. Yeah. Wait, I didn't realize that. Oh, it made me think of uh, oh, what's his name? He's the NBA player, uh, Anthony Davis. Oh yeah, Kentucky, that has the, yeah. that just owned his unibrow. Oh yeah, it's yeah, it's a thing. But I, that that character, Jared. I think he was he was a douchebag, right? Like yeah, he was I not, think he was supposed to be that typical media right, but jerk, but yeah. Carrie still just kind of what she did was not. I didn't I didn't like her move either. Oh, she just I mean, completely exactly. She sort of him. like yeah, she like leaves the party that she's at with Big because she doesn't like how he's treating her, which I get. But then like goes to another party, then calls Big Where to some brag. Thirty cool th- something year olds, and yeah. Say hi, Jerry. Yeah, that's the puts first on the time. Phone. That's the first time anyone's ever tried to make anyone jealous with cool thirty something year olds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're so cool. Everyone's talking about IRAs. Also, it was just so like gross and transparent. I was like, the fact that Big even would be willing to engage in this. Like what? Just like, you're so thirsty, girl. What are you doing? That's one thing that I do like about Big that feels a little redeemable about him. And it happened at the end of the last episode too, where he kind of explained all of the things where Carrie thought were red flags. Oh, right. And he was like, no, this happened, this happened, and this happened. And in that, he's like- And you'll see more of that too. He's like, what are you doing? Like, I told you that I'm dating other people. Fine, I'll come down there like- what mm-hmm. is going on? Mm-hmm. I yeah. like that he's very grounded in that. And sense. they do often have that dynamic where Carrie's sort of spinning, 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 and mm-hmm. he's like, "Wait, there's reasons for this." Like in the first movie, you'll see that big time, and I'm not giving anything away, but like, you know, he's been divorced a few times by the time the first movie rolls around, and the wedding planning spirals out of control. And he's like, "Listen, like I'm just trying to be grounded in the fact that this is not my first rodeo, and it feels silly to have a huge wedding at the New York mm-hmm. Public Library," you know, and. You, you're like, yeah, he's being reasonable. Mm-hmm. Totally. And she got swept up in it. Okay. Like both of these things are true. I can't wait to see that movie in two and a half years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, actually, I don't think Big did anything unreasonable this episode. No, he I don't didn't. Think, like, I mean, he, I, I think he's evasive, but. Sure. Yeah. I mean, they never agreed that right. they were being platonic or exactly. uh, sorry, um, monogamous. monogamous. Yeah, exactly. That's a communication is an important thing to, for that because he, he's. They haven't set up the rules or they're they're unsaid. Their expectations mm-hmm. are in different places is the problem, mm-hmm. not who they are as people, I mm-hmm. think. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the the only storyline we really haven't touched on too much is Samantha's. I mean, we talked about her, oh. her being naked, Samantha, broker. As someone who's rented a, a lot of apartments in New York City, I'm sure you you all have too. No, you probably haven't. You've only rented a How couple. I've only rented, rented one, but you've I have only rented strong one. opinions on brokers in New York oh City. Oh my gosh. That, that could have been... that that. Process could have been the most unrealistic thing I've seen in Sex and the City so far. Renting an apartment in New York is, it's a, it's a battle. Oh, it, it's is a like, it is, it is it's a battle. Insane. You have to be able to, you have to be ready to throw money down yeah. when you walk in the door. Oh, yeah. It's not like you're looking at these places and thinking about them. Nope. You go in and you get the, you get the apartment within five minutes. Yeah, or you and you better it. have yes. six grand in your pocket yes. ready exactly. to go. Ready to throw all that down. Yeah. And, the, and then in, in terms of broker fees, mm-hmm. the, what, the 2000 you're throwing down is gone. Yeah. You're just paying someone to give you the keys to walk you into a exactly. And those brokers, brokers, there's rats and roaches, and then below that yeah. are, are brokers. And there's also but, rats and roaches in the apartments you're looking th- at. Th- that you're looking at. Which there is, was a dead roach on the floor when I looked at my current oh, apartment. Yeah. And I, I know it was the day I moved in, there was a, a roach, and I was like, did? And it was the first time I'd ever paid a broker fee. And it was that mm. thing for someone like myself who making big decisions is like a hard thing. I was just like, oh my gosh, did yeah. I do the right thing? And I remember my friend went with me. We looked at it 
And he was like, we went to a bar afterward and he was like, I don't know, man, it's a pretty good place. And I came back out the next morning early to drop off a check. And then on move in day, we saw that roach and I have a weird apartment set up. And he, I was like, I don't know, is this going to be okay? And he was like, I don't know, man, if I was you, I wouldn't have done this. I was like, you were here the whole time. Oh my God. But it's been fantastic. And the roach looked up and was like, what? There's no room. You're in here now. You're in my place now. (laughs) I got owned. This is a one bedroom, dude. Hey, listen, vote de Blasio, okay? (laughs) I got owned so hard looking for an apartment with one of my roommates once. We were looking at this two-bedroom apartment, and there was another couple in there. There was a couple in there looking at the apartment with their kids, and we were walking around all the rooms, and the guy was like, yeah, this will be way too small for the kid, and uh, this kitchen's off, and they kept on like saying stuff like that, and I was like, all right, we're, g- we're going to have a chance at this. It was over our budget, so we went into the bathroom to discuss it, my roommate and I. And I was like, I think we can make this work. And then we came out to talk to the broker. And he's like, sorry, that couple already handed me cash. They got it. Oh, and I was like, gosh. Oh, my God. And that couple was probably disparaging it to throw you guys exactly. off. Exactly. Yeah. And they were, oh. it was, it was, it's, it's brutal. It's, it is such a, oh, my God. It's the worst thing when you were in there with other people. Yeah. And you're like, oh, shoot, we're going to have to fight to the death exactly. over this. Or just slammed on cash. Yeah. yeah. Look, Looking for an apartment in New York is among the most stressful things. Oh, my God. Because yeah. also it, a lot of it happens so quickly, like mm-hmm. a two window yeah. span. Well, and you can't. A two like, week span. Sorry. Right. Yeah. Well, because you can't like if you know you have to move for six months, you're like, I can't really do anything till a month out. Yeah, it's really it's true. Right. Do. And most places it's like, listen, there's five things. You can usually look for something where you can get four out of five things. New York, mm-hmm. it's like you can get half a thing out of yeah. 10. I know. Uh-huh. It's like yeah. maybe. Congrats on windows. You <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. That's yeah. all you know. Like, yeah. I wanted a place, uh, you know, yeah, like size and location and, and it's size, price. location, and price, right? And yeah, it's supposed and to be picked two out of three, but you don't even get that sometimes. Yeah, even yeah. Though it's just it's just tough. You're never going to get something perfect. There are very few apartments you walk into in New York and are like, "Ooh, this is nice." That's what I thought it was actually realistic when with Samantha, a lot of the places that they're around, I'm like, "This is like upscale." And it's like a set. It's so obviously it's a, set. a set. Yeah. And this was clearly he's like, so Samantha's going around with this one broker, uh, and she's like, "Don't use another broker, Samantha's." uses other broker and she's having sex with them in each of the new apartments so they're doing that but the apartment is pretty chill it looked like it kind of a common yeah, normal small. apartment now yeah she's having sex starts to takes the shirt off uh shirtless scene and then the other broker walks in and is like you're cheating on me with another <laughs> broker yeah oh so, my god but yeah looking yeah it was it was good and then they kind of just she leaves and then they get back to business they get right back to- yeah. Back to doing. It. That's why you always got to put the chain on the door, even when you're looking, so no one can walk in on you. But yeah, that was. Are we that... gonna see her apartment later? And that's where she lives. Does she get that apartment? No, uh, that's yet another one of those storylines that just like didn't go anywhere. I mean, there is a storyline later about her living on the Upper East Side and then moving apartments. But yeah, this is just you know, season one. You see so much of this. It's like a one episode storyline for the sake of a storyline. You like it just mm-hmm. dies. Yeah. Yeah. You, when we talked to you before we started recording, you you seem like a big fan of like episodes, seasons four and five. Four, five, six, so good. Because we're enjoying it, but you're just like, oh, just wait. Oh, I know. Yeah, I mean, just because also I love the fashion. I mean, my favorite episodes of all time are My, my Mother Bored Myself and A Woman's Right to Shoes, which I believe are both in season five or six. Okay. Um, and I mean, like they'll make you weep. You'll relate. Like it's so... And that's when they're and they're exploring topics of abortion and infertility right. and mm. within the friend group, navigating mm. that and not trying to hurt your friend's feelings and like and, you know, death of parents and processing mm. that as a single person. And 
um, just like pretty hard hitting topics. Right. So, you know, seasons one, two, they're fine, but I feel like it's kind of loosey goosey, just like, mm-hmm. oh, dating. And like, you know, as the characters grow and evolve, they explore more mature storylines that I think are more emotionally more uh, charged. More blowjobs? <laughs> than the blowjob I mean, type? they'll always be beach. They'll always be beach. <laughs> Don't worry. I, well, what, what we usually do is we go around and we, uh, we, prescribe a uh, rating to the episode okay it's, it's in cosmos it's either one to five cosmos and uh i would love to uh hear what your thoughts were on this episode i would say and you can do half cosmos you too. can oh, do can half, I, cosmos. Okay, good. half cosmos yeah. um i don't mean to be really harsh with the judging uh, but i would say 3.5 cosmos 3.5 cosmos that's that's Is that great. pretty no, good? That's, that's good. That's pretty good. Can oh, you tell really? us? Can you tell us why you gave it that rating? I, I mean, I hate the uh, when they do the talking head thing of cutting to like you know the for- breaking the fourth wall, and especially when Carrie did that, like she's on the phone with Big and then turns to the camera and is like, oh, "Did I sound annoying?" Like, yeah. oh, I hate that. Um, but I did think that they sort of wove together the different mm-hmm. definitions of monogamy really nicely, mm-hmm. um, and it was fun to see Justin Theroux. And I think he's great at playing kind of a nightmare. Yeah. So three point five cosmos <laughs> 3. 5 for me. That's Corey. Um, I think I'm going to go three. Uh, mm-hmm. I, this happens every time we do this and I think it's just cause we have great conversations, but I get out of there and I'm like, Oh, it was a fine episode. Then we talk about it and I'm like, I think there was a lot in this one. And what we said at the beginning of this one is I think that it hit each of the ladies in a storyline Yeah, and it gave them, it was able to touch on those topics, give them each a storyline. And there was a, it felt like there was a little bit of meat on that storyline yeah. and there's a little bit of stuff that we'll go through for the rest of the show. Like, I think this will be. This felt like a thing for Carrie and Big that'll come back. I don't know what'll happen with Skipper and Miranda, but it, it at least kept with some continuity mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. characters that we'd seen before. And it gave some character depth to Charlotte where like maybe she stayed in her prudishness, but she kind of mm-hmm. stood up for herself and found a little strength. And the Samantha thing, I don't know if it added to her character at all, but it was just right. kind of fun and showed her off. So I think a solid three. Didn't feel like it was like super groundbreaking, but it was like a good, enjoyable episode. And there was a lot of cool New York landmarks. Like yeah. we were saying mm-hmm. all the Union Square stuff, Blue Water yeah. Grill and Blue all Water that. Grill. Was like, and then oh. seeing Coffee Bar. Yeah, yeah. seeing or Coffee, coffee Shop Bar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that stuff was cool. I like that. Yeah. I think uh, I enjoyed this episode. Um, there was maybe the Carrie and Big stuff. I was happy during it. Uh, but I feel like uh, maybe it didn't add anything new. I feel like some of the exclusivity thing, I don't remember our last episode exactly, but I know we had that communication conversation. Mm-hmm. about like defining whatever you're in. So I don't know, that didn't seem necessarily uh new. I love Skipper. I love having Skipper there. That was really fun and I loved his like little comeuppance. Um and I think I'm going to uh think I'm going to go three Cosmos as well. I liked the conversation more than the episode this time. Mm-hmm. But um you're welcome. <laughs> JK's JK's in a topic everybody. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh I'm also going to go with three Cosmos. Um it was a solid episode. I love I love when all the ladies are together <laughs> doing their chats. They're- I just love I, this whole thing I love so much that you guys are like taking this seriously. I'm going to go with three Cosmos also. Sorry. Yeah, continue. I mean, there's things that I listen. There's things that I want to see. I want to see Big and Skipper go on a road trip together I, up at Catskills. I think oh that'd be gosh. amazing. I want to see Charlotte lick someone's balls. Yeah, come on. I want to see that dog get a spinoff. Yeah, yeah. but Air but Bud. For now, we're we're getting the ladies around a, a table dishing and and uh, doing goofs. Mm-hmm. That that earns three Cosmos. 
every time. Nice. I get that. Yeah, the, the four-person dialogue over food it's is so so always so it's, solid. That's one of my favorite things. There's always the table scene. <laughs> you just yes. got so excited. You're, I did. You're, you're, I wrote yeah. down on my notes. I was like, Your body, scene. like when you when four and ladies are there, you perked up. Oh, my gosh. I love and in future seasons, scene. they built a set that was a cafe just because those, those scenes take so long to film and there's continuity issues. So they built a set that was like this sort of anonymous coffee shop that doesn't actually exist. But there's so much good dialogue. Like there's one and you'll say, but sorry, but like they're talking about like giving head and swallowing and Carrie's like, could I cancel my rice pudding order? <laughs> like, just, like, so funny. That's great. Before I, we leave, can you, fill, you pointed out a major continuity thing yes. for us oh. that yes. I don't think we'll ever be able to unsee. Will you, will you leave us with, uh, with that? <sighs> yes, I'd love to. This is how we started the Sex and the City tour. Um, if you watch the opening credits, which I love, and I think mm -hmm. it's such a jazzy little number, um, you know, Carrie, there's close up shots of Carrie, shots of iconic New York scenes. And then there's the shot of the bus splashing her. And when the bus goes by her, mm -hmm. you can see a ton of people are in it. Then there's a quick cutaway and then it shows her again and the bus is going behind her and it's completely empty. Boom. So keep your eyes open for that. Cause yeah, you're going to, it's going to be so glaring yeah. obvious yeah. every time now. Now one, one theory is that Sex and the City was the prequel to The Leftovers. And all those people <laughs> were taken Thoreau. up. Justin Thoreau! Justin Thoreau, that's what it is! Whoa. All those people oh. were taken up. That's <laughs> well, where, where can we find you on social media? Um, every I, I'm Selena Kopic, S-E-L-E-N-A-C-O-P-P-O-C-K, and that's my website, that's my Twitter, Instagram, and I also have a Twitter and Instagram called NYT Vows, where I pretend to be the New York Times wedding section. Awesome. That's, that's great. great. Yeah, it's really fun. I make fun of weddings and wasps and rich people. <laughs> well, we should, um, we should try and go on the Sex and the city tour at some point <gasps> you should and i could hook that up yeah, yeah i'm still friends we'll, with the owner and everything yeah we'll have to figure out maybe we can figure out a way to like do a sex in the city tour yeah um or something oh yeah we could do a live podcast i know exactly show. yeah maybe like at each stop you could record a little That'd few feelings fun. about things yeah. i would love that well i don't know about you guys but i plan on getting a lot of blowjobs in the future <laughs> um and watching more sex in the city absolutely yeah yeah awesome. thanks for being here selena thanks, thank you guys so, much. so much it was so fun thanks so much the Bradshaw Boys stars Corey Cavan, John Sieber, and Kevin James Doyle. The show is produced by Jeremy L. Balin. For more information on the guys, check out their website at bradshawboys.com, on social media at The Bradshaw Boys, and if you see them in the street, tip your glass. Thanks for listening. Seltzer Kings. Podcasts.